0: Shelter and Sound, a Chirp Radio program. In this limited series, we're speaking with musicians, artists, and local tastemakers who are making it work while staying at home. These folks are finding creative ways to stay connected to fans and each other. As always, you can count on us to bring the music to you. For more interviews and stories, visit chirpradio.org podcasts.
1: This is Mick, and you're listening to the Trip Radio Podcast. I am here with Helen Money, a.k.a. Allison Chelsea. We are... Sheltering in place in our separate abodes here in Chicago, but we are still able to connect via the magic of the internet. How are you doing today, Allison?
0: I'm doing great.
1: Now, are you sheltering in your apartment, your house? Where, where's, where's, where's the home that you're sheltering in currently?
0: Well, my uh, fiance Mike and I live in Ravenswood, so we're we've got a house um, when we moved back from Los Angeles a couple of years ago. We sold our place out there and were able to get something here. And I'm fortunate in that I at least can teach still. Uh, you know, I'm not teaching as much as I did, but I am able to teach online uh, with my students. My touring income, of course, isn't there right now.
1: Now you're teaching cello, correct?
0: I'm teaching kids how to play the cello. <laughs>
1: And are you are you conducting the lessons over Zoom or what platform are you using?
0: I am. I'm using Zoom and um, I just I actually they're all taking lessons at their normal times, like when I went to their homes. Yeah. So it's very similar. The only thing that's really different and is somewhat hard is we can't play together at the same time. So all things considered, it's pretty it's pretty OK.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do any of your students or their parents realize just how cool their instructor is? I mean, you have a, you have a master's <laughs> in cello from Northwestern. You have made a career out of recording original cello music and you've toured all over the world, played with some incredibly famous people. Um, do you, do you ever get stopped by the parents for autographs when you do home visits?
0: Oh, no, (laughs) (laughs) no, I, I, I'd say they're mostly, you know, concerned about their kids learning. Mm. Um, I do have one student who actually is a fan of Bob Mould, who I worked with a bunch. And so he's always interested in what I'm doing. And then some of the kids are actually interested, you know, they, they'd say, wow, I want to stand up when I play. (laughs) Uh, but you know, they're all kind of in their own worlds, you know? Um, so I don't expect them to really understand what I do.
1: So outside of lessons, um, what, what kind of a routine are you keeping? Are you, um, are you keeping a regular routine or uh, are things kind of in flux?
0: No, I mean, um, I feel really fortunate. Uh, I've said that a lot in this interview, how fortunate I feel. It's true. Like, um, Mm -hmm. It's not that different for me um, because I work at home. You know, I, I get up in the morning, I exercise, and then I go into my studio and I try and write. And so that's the same. Really, the thing that's different is teaching, and then not being able to go out and hear music, not being able mm. to play music, not see my friends. But the part that where I'm in by myself working on my music is very similar. And I, you know, I have days where I have like you know six hours at a time where I don't have anything scheduled but working on my music so I've kind of learned how to structure my day
1: right you're still showing up to work every day
0: exactly yeah
1: People think of uh, cello music, they don't typically think of heavy metal, and they don't typically think of noise, but that seems to be a direction that you uh, are very attracted to. What well, sort of brought you into the fold of heavy music?
0: I think uh, when I first, for a long time, up into my early 20s, I was really just listening to classical music and, um, you know, I grew up, I, I have a sister and a brother, and they were listening to pop music. When I was in my late teens and early 20s, you know, they were listening, my sister was listening to Cheap Trick and ELO and The Pretenders yeah, and The Cars. Arena rock type brother stuff, was listening yeah. To the, yeah, exactly. My brother was listening to the Who and the Clash, and so um, and they would just keep playing stuff for me. And one day my brother said, "You have to hear this." He brought me in his room, and he put on Who's Next, and he dropped the needle. And at that moment, I was like, "Oh my God, I get it! This is amazing music." And then I started to hang out with a crowd that was into bands like the Minutemen, mm-hmm. you know, the SST yeah, yeah, bands. Yeah. And I realized that the music I really like is really visceral and intense and not clever, but just straightforward and has something to say. And so I think um, as far as metal music, I think it's the audience really more about the audience than about me. Mm. I think they're into the same things I am. They're very open-minded. And so when they see a cellist on stage by herself, like Earth's audience, I got to tour with them recently, they don't dismiss it. They, They don't talk. They listen to me. And I think also because I'm playing stuff, that they can relate to. They, it's kind of visceral. It's it's emotional, and I think that's how I connect with metal music.
1: A moment ago, you mentioned that you were on on tour with Earth last year, um, following the release of their new album, and that you were in Europe uh, in November. Um, can you talk a little bit about that tour? And um, you know, maybe, and it's it, it just amazes me that you came back to the United States in December. Just before, just before everything started to go down over there with COVID, Uh, it seems like you really uh, dodged a bullet. Yeah. Um, Was was there any sense that that something was going to change um, back in November, December of last year?
0: No, I mean I don't. I think the first I heard of the virus was when I was home in January, and um, no, we didn't. We all got really sick on the tour, but I'm sure it was just it wasn't COVID. Thank God. Um, But you know. Who knows? It's just kind of weird how everything everything happened, yeah, you know.
1: Yeah. It was actually the announcement of Roadburn being canceled that really clued me into how serious things were.
0: Right. Yeah, and I remember like when I was wondering if my tour was going to get cancelled, I would go to the Roadburn site and just see are have they Because if 'cause if they've cancelled then I knew that I was my tour would be cancelled.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then that brings us to where we are today, where you have a new album, um, Atomic, released on March twentieth of this year. How has the lockdown affected the rollout for your album?
0: Um, Well, you know, um, we had all this press lined up. The folks at the Thrill Jockey, you know, um, got a a lot of press for me, particularly in Europe, and uh, I really regret that I can't go play for these people. You know. Um, yeah, you know, it's tough. I feel like, I feel for my label and all the artists on the label are, are unable to tour. So, you know, I, you know, I, it's, I worry about, I worry, worry about the record labels. I worry about the clubs, you know. I feel like artists, we're gonna, we're gonna make it. We're gonna survive. I worry about the things that support us, you know. How will those places survive this?
1: Of the Roman humanist, um, the and how he had the idea that uh, that all objects in the universe are made out of individual particles, or, sort of localized right. atoms, and that you know even though everything is made out of these separate right. pieces, they all cohere into uh, into a universal whole. Uh, did you maybe want to unpack some of, some of those ideas?
0: Yeah. He was really, uh, one of the first philosophers to put forward the idea that we're all made out of the same stuff. We're all made out of atoms and we're all connected. Um, and so this was all in my brain as I was writing this record. And now that this virus has struck. It just, I feel like I'm seeing these connections, you know, in stark relief. We're all connected. What one person does, I think, affects everybody.
1: Yeah, Uh, there seems to be some environmental themes on Atomic as well. Do those themes play into how everything is interconnected?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, my brother in particular uh, is very connected with his surroundings and with the Earth. So he really kind of helped me connect to that. And then something holy, I think for me, is what it's like to be in the woods and look at these, be in the middle of these redwood trees. Because when you touch something that old, you really feel like there's something here that's much bigger than you. <laughs> and we're, you're just a part of it, you know.
1: Well, Allison, I think this is all the time that we have today. I really appreciate you taking um, taking time out of your day to talk with me for the Chirp Radio podcast um. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Well, it's my it's my pleasure. Thank you, and um, I love what you guys do. It's really an honor to connect with you and with your audience. I mean, I think it's a real special audience, and I'm really happy to do it.
1: Allison, this has been a great conversation. Again, this is Mick for the Trip Radio podcast in conversation with Helen Money. Take care. And thanks again.
0: for listening to shelter and sound a chirp radio program and podcast tune in next week to hear more about the creative ways artists are coping and connecting during these unprecedented times subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or visit us on the web at chirpradio.org podcasts chirp radio hear what's next